0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Tasmanian metal god Psychroptic's new album As the Kingdoms Drown is out now via Prosthetic Records Decibel Hills The Killer Songs Inside Angry Metal Guy says 15 years later Psychroptic have finally delivered an album that lives up to the brilliance of the scepter of the ancients Visit store.prostheticrecords.com to order once more Psychroptic's new album As the Kingdoms Drown is out now Store.prosthetic. Recently, a couple was kicked out of a Machine Head concert for having sex during their performance. They should have called us. We're here at the Fetish Figure Outer Institute. Figure out your fetish so you don't get arrested and register as a sex offender. Rob Flynn whining get you going? Here's a free example for that couple of Rob's classic dime bash audio with a sexy twist. And to the metal community that backs this bullshit, see you later. Count me out.
0: I want no part of this anymore.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Give me some more.
1: Exactly. Who wants to start shit with you? You're a big bully, a big scary dude.
2: Oh, oh yeah.
1: You know, t- somebody
0: to sit there and go, oh, if you were offended by this, blah, blah, blah. If you weren't
2: offended by that, fuck you. Fuck me, fuck. fuck you.
1: Fuck me. Fuck you. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Have your genitals awakened? That's what we do, no matter how strange. Don't get arrested or be fucking gross. Call us the Fetish Figure Adder Institute. Free overing
2: with the shotgun! Oh yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: The Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts Petter Speich,
1: Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on, everybody? It is I, your host Petar Spych I am always joined by my
3: name is Brandon Goochon, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch.
1: And Jocelyn Sharp is not with us this week. It Beat is, it, Jocelyn. It's Thanksgiving, oh, guys, so she's out of town right now, uh, temporarily doing, doing Thanksgiving stuff. But you can follow her at Jocelyn Sharp on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow me at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend Official on Instagram. And that bit was made during Thanksgiving. It was a
3: rushed bit. Yes. It was was rushed. It almost made me want to rush out of the studio because... (laughs) I made that with a, a, if you can't tell, with a cheap microphone
1: in my house. In my garage. People are rushing to delete this podcast is what's going (laughs) on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyways though before we I, I just am so embarrassed about the bit but guys this week big interview got johan hegg from amana Marth. dude we're here to talk about the pursuit of vikings 25 years in the eye of the storm which is out now guys make sure if you haven't picked up your copy there's a documentary live shows music dude great package all the way around but we'll be talking to him in a little bit and that bit was inspired all our bits are always inspired by news stories on metal socks if you guys haven't put that together yet That bit was inspired by a news story that I... You know, there's certain headlines you don't think you're going to see in your life. Mm -hmm. There's certain headlines you're like, I'm not going to see that ever. Okay. Give me an example. A couple was kicked out of a machine head show for having sex in the front row. Perfect example. Okay. Actual headline true story apparently
3: i find that a little more believable than some of the things that we have read on metal sucks there's been a lot of (laughs) insanity
1: going on there has been yes uh, through the years you never you never know uh what what headlines are going to
3: happen and usually yeah and it's like it's one thing see because i don't my 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 curiosity doesn't get immediately peaked if it's an audience member you Mm -hmm. know me because you know i'm just saying we, we what was that one band that we saw and then like a week later you saw a video where some guy was like in the mosh pit and he's pissing in his own mouth.
1: That was trash talk? Yeah, that was trash talk. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you saw them We saw them and he was the dude was pissing in his mouth with the video. The, I think Australia the pissing. Somewhere.
3: I think the pissing in his mouth tops
1: the man the and
3: woman having consensual sex in the front row. Now I will say, the woman probably had a, a very good view of the show. She must have been up against the bar- barricade. Let's
1: speculate yeah. on how you have sex in the front row of a machine. Now, and then the, they have a picture of the crowd. It's can't, a packed room. It can't be comfortable. And we've been to the front row and mosh pitting behind.
3: It, and we have never had sex in the front row. You never. I. I have never, never banged Pete in the front row of a Machine Head concert. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anthrax, yes. Not Machine
1: Head. <laughs> 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 in the front row during Davidian. So, the mosh pit is going crazy everything's insane so how are they having sex you speculating that it's It's gotta be it's
3: gotta be doggy style and it's and it's gotta be just like either a she's wearing those yoga pants where you just pull down and then boom Mm. hey vagina it's right there or she has a skirt hikes that up pulls the underwear to the side i can't see her with her hands on the barricade like in the air with with the guy, like, holding her legs and just going to town. And that's the only way it could be is doggy style. It can't be blowjob. and It can't it,
1: be blowjob because no, she'd get crushed into the barricade. She
3: would get – her yeah, exactly. Like, her, not only – her trachea would get crushed by the guy's dong. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> unless uh, – now, hopefully he has a really small dick. So if he does it, then no teeth or trachea will be injured. But if he's got a giant one, then, yeah, the blowjob in the front. That's just – you're begging for death at that point.
1: I always got that risk versus return mentality. And uh, what are you risking having sex in the front row of a machine? Is that a sex offender? You're risking... Getting kicked out of the place. Yeah, I mean I would imagine that would be a sex. You, it
3: it depends if the security guards were just like you're staying right here and they just never let you leave. Oh, at the house but of you, blues,
1: they put you they, ex- they don't do that.
3: Yeah, see, there you go.
1: They they, they 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 bring the cops, dude. Yeah. They're at a house of blues here in San Diego.
3: Okay, so yeah. they
1: so then they I've been kicked out and they bring the cops, dude.
3: Right. Yeah. Every time Pete has had sex in the front row at a machine. <laughs> never, no? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm just
1: saying like dude, I would never even that that let's be honest, that's probably the most unsexual place ever is the front of a metal barricade. They must have talked
3: about it Beforehand, they must have said, "We're going there. We're gonna fuck," and then uh, she would just kind of,
1: "Yo, Mister Right." Oh, dude, I have a story. Let me share a story. Please share the Let's story. Let's share a story. Share of, the story, of, buddy. Of uh, people actually, and it was it was sex that I saw. Oh, yeah. No, this actually so penetration. Happened. And this was at a Tool concert. It was Tool and Tomahawk. You were there. Okay. I went to the front. You were you were you were you. So you stayed way in the back. So yes. I went by myself. And there was a couple <laughs> in front of me. Right there was a, a man and a woman, and the woman was like grinding on the dude and it was like they were they were ready to go right so the dude goes to the back and this is an arena right it's at the thomas and mac center out here in las vegas the dude goes to get beers and she's dancing and some other dude steps where the other guy was he kind of like wiggles his way in and so the girl just starts grinding on this other dude without be aware right Mm. and so the other dudes hands go places and all that stuff he's all over this girl and she's focusing and tools playing a long song let's just say it's lateralis i don't remember what it was but it was a long song and so i'm not even paying attention to tool i'm like what's going on here the other guy comes back with beers (laughs) he sees what's going on and he fucking grabs the dude and like starts like throwing. He throws his beers down first off, which probably cost him like twenty bucks. Yeah. I remember in my mind, I'm like, dude, don't yeah. Do why not? What? Hand me yeah, the hand beers. Me I'll, the beer. I'll hold them for you, buddy. Hand the beer. And the chick turns around. You just hear the guy like storm out. He's like, I didn't know. I didn't know. And it was it was hilarious. So that's that's also sex in a show. That's great. Yeah. So uh, that was a true story. And I, and I witnessed all that. Okay. So grinding, that's a tool show
3: grinding and doing all that stuff. Because I was at a nine inch nail show. But if you put your hands down there, that's technically say the guy.
1: Putting his hands no, down his girl's no, pants—that's no, no. not sex to you. Okay, that I mean, counts, it, bro. It counts.
3: Mm-hmm. It counts, but it's not worth a headline. That's what I thought was happening when I read no, the headline. You think no, it was no. doggy style in the no, front row? No, labia has to be exposed, like in order, or 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 penis touches lips. Like that's pretty much like where it goes for like sex. You know what I mean? Pants have to be off <laughs>
1: labia has to be exposed or penis touches lips. Yeah. There's no other way. There's in between. no other
3: Yeah, exactly I mean or unless like unless some other guy is putting his lips on her lips. Lower lips, then it would work. You know what mm. I mean. So, so it would be oral sex or like flat out sex. Let's. There is no like. But if he's got his, if he's got like his hands jammed on the front of her jeans, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It just looks like she's got a, a sock jammed in the front of her crotch. Well, if security sees that, they're not going to be like, "You got to go. You can't do that." I think they're going to go, "Hey, get your hands out of there." And here's some PRL. Like, I think that's what they'll do. No. Like, I don't think. I, I, but again, I'm going with that's what happened. That's talking, my theory. I'm talking about sex though like what like you're, you're at a show then all of a sudden like hardcore penetration is taking place right here in front of you like, yeah, yeah, you probably deserve to get thrown out after that. But if yeah. some guy wants to go check his chick's oil with his fingers, then okay. You know what I mean? I think that's okay.
1: <laughs> that's what I think happened. But yeah. Yeah, I, I just cannot imagine the doggy-style penetration you're talking about in the front row.
3: See, I, I can. I'm just saying, like, I mean, we, we, I've heard about it happening It happened a at a Dead other... Kennedy
1: show, it's, actually, dude, it's in happened, San Diego. What's going on, San Diego? San Diego, What's wrong man, with you guys, man? We well, got the best weather and the best beaches, and now you got to be banging at metal shows? Dude, hey,
3: well, when your s- town is named after a whale's vagina, dude, there's going to be some fucking. <laughs> there's going to be
1: lots of fucking. So, anyways, hey, you guys, uh, send Brandon all the emails of what you thought happened. I, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> no, please explain. Send it in, to Jocelyn.
3: Explain in graphic detail to Pete exactly what you think happened no. with genitals.
1: Are you, you I I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very shy. Me even cutting those porn clips together, like I was just, I was like, I can't listen. I can't, God, I can't,
3: I can't listen to this. How are you not desensitized to all this that is going
1: on? here? Oh, I'm not desensitized to anything because I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look for that nonsense. I I'm not saying
3: look at it. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I'm, it's not, dude, I, we live in Las Vegas, dude. Like it's everywhere, bro. You'll see like a giant pair of beautiful tits and the sign will just read like teeth whitening. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's it's like so funny because that I've seen that sign. Yes. I know what you're talking about. You're like, why is this, this, yes. this like focused
1: on, dude, on, on breasts? Yeah. There was one where it was like, it was like a billboard. We're not going to say the name of the dental place, but I know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It was like, dude,
3: there was one where it was like a billboard where it was like a, it was for, a, it was like, do you uh, do you laugh so hard a little pee comes out? We'll fix that. And it was vagina tightening. Nice. That's what it was. Nice. And it was granted. It was like the picture was like you know it was just some lady's face with like hand over <laughs> doing that face. You know what I mean? Oh. Vegas. So
1: it wasn't like sexy, but you're just kind of like wait a minute, like how? One thing I did kind of like uh, I, this headline grabbed me, and we're going to talk about for for a second. Shook you about is that Isan is a big Kanye West fan, and now uh, uh, immediately I'm like ah, but then I know. If I read what Isan said, because he is very eloquent when he speaks, I'll probably understand. Why he said that? Let's read his quote here. Please. This is Isan talking about Kanye West. Let's be honest. As a person, the character, he's not the most easy to empathize with. But sometimes your relationship with the person, the artist, if they act the way you don't like, you bring that with you when you listen to the music. But in spite of that, there's no denying that it is so brave. And I think that kind of megalomaniac ego that goes behind it makes it that genius. That is so brave. There's no commercial thought when you do an album like that. When you just scream out this lyric, I am a god, it's crazy, and I love it. I have this theory that the real new creation of music, the real genius happens in the underground where there's no money and people just do it for the artistic ambition. And all the way to the top where so much money that they don't even care and they can do anything. And there's all the rest in the middle who try to do the right things and make those compromises to get there. So he's saying the underground and the top scale is the same. I really like what he said right there cuz I think he's completely right. Oh, I, you know what? I wish
3: I wish I could find something wrong with what he said. I want to I want to like tear it apart, but I can't. No. You know me. Like I have no. to I have to come at it from the devil's advocate point of view. But yeah, he's totally right. When you when you do things
1: Underground and nobody underground cares. Underground and
3: especially, yeah. if, you know, and if you have an eclectic way of thinking, yeah, there is, there is that megalomaniac. There is that borderline. Um you know, sociopathic way of thinking where it's like, it's me and only me that matters. It's my way of thinking that matters in this situation, you know, and granted, there's so many people. How many people probably listen to those tracks that Kanye does or or anybody for that matter in, uh-huh. in a situation where they're like, oh, that's dog shit. And he's like, no, nah, you're stupid. I know better. And then when they get the chance to showcase it, they're right. I mean, how many times have we talked about that, where somebody goes against the grain for so long, they, they have all you know their bandmates, their producers, their husbands and wives are, are trying to influence their art, try and take it to a different direction, but they hold tight to it for so long. They're like, I'm not going to let you steer me away from where, where I know I have to be. Those guys are amazing, but at the same time, you
1: see, you see it blow up in their face more times than not. You know I, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I do know what you're saying. And I, I think that it's a, a, just a great paradox to know that when you don't matter and when you matter to everybody, well, your yeah. mindset is truly There's truly no compromise. But in between, there's a compromise all along the way. So the most relevant and the most, I guess, uh, substantial music or film or art is the top or the bottom. Well, there was I, a- I love that. That's because I I truly believe that. There's a, there's a, there's a newer band,
3: a punk rock band out of Canada named the Dirty Nil. And they were asking about, uh, and there was somebody, I think it was the same guy that wrote that 1.6 star review of Greta Van Fleet. Oh, the Pitchfork guy. Yeah, it could have been, I, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were talking about that, that exact article. And they asked this band what they thought about stealing other bands' sounds. Yeah. And he goes, well... What we do, and he was comparing, he was comparing the Dirty Nil to these other bands, and he goes, "Well, we steal m- way more from way more artists." He goes, "We're amazing thieves." He goes, but. You don't know it because we're stealing little bits from all these other people. He goes, "You don't just steal one sound from one band, mm. you know?" And that's pretty much what it is. And it's like and so you never see the the originators. You ne- the originators of of these sounds and stuff that we have heard, like, you know, like let's just say you take like a bass and you turn down the EQ and now it makes a weird sound. Like the first time that was ever put into a song, I guarantee you most people are just like, "What is this? This is stupid." But then when the right person comes along, and they put that sound into a song, now all of a sudden it makes sense. Kanye West is that right person where it's like he started from being a nobody and then he kind of worked himself up to where now he's hanging with the fucking president and he's done a lot of eclectic things with his music and because he's Kanye West is because he's getting the credit for it. You don't see people that famous holding on and letting that ego still drive them. You don't see people that famous not worry about what the masses are thinking.
1: Well, let's let's take it to a metal band like Metallica. Don't okay. you feel like they compromised a lot of the, a lot of their stuff, like on their last few records? Or do you think that in their mind they're like there is no compromise on something like Hardwired? I think with something like Hardwired, and uh, I feel like the, the fans, Death Magnetic, yeah, like, and Death Magnetic. I think I feel I, like the fans motivated a lot of yes. The, those I records.
3: feel like because you know Metallica came out, they put out saying anger they, you know. Uh, Load and reload. I mean, these are just, these are just the, song, the the albums that most people have a problem with. And, and honestly, I even saying Anger, I don't think is a terrible record.
1: You know, what I mean, it's not. The- You're wrong, but I mean, we can move on. <laughs> I'm just saying like, like but Lulu what they did with Lou Reed I mean, that was a no compromise situation That was a no
3: compromise situation but that's what <laughs> Lou Reed did That yeah. was always what he did.
1: So so do you think that this only works in maybe like certain genres and that in metal you know I think compromise? It, I think it works Even if in if you're on music top? I think it works in music in general. Hmm. I think I think it's a little bit easier
3: to go outside your comfort zone in hip hop I think it's a little bit easier to uh still rap the same way you rap because now you have a younger and more hipper producer that can make your sound you know it, 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 there's a fine line between putting uh, making all of your beats and stuff on a keyboard and with logic pro and then and then being a band like metallica where you have like instruments you know like they there there will always be that that individual you know, the uh, spin that you could put on things when you're playing with instruments. I don't think there's a lot of you' I really do think they're taking away a lot of the, the human component. When you look at all the, the way these beats are being made because they're, they're robotic. It's just like, all you got to do is just stay on time. That's it.
1: I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think the limitations in our genre of artists and fans, I think it's harder for them to do what they want to do. Cause I, I personally think like when you say, I think saying anger is a, is a complete misfire. However, I do give them a lot of credit for trying, for to, trying do to do something new. I, I am a, a huge component when it comes to film or music of uh, artistic failures see what I'm saying? Like, you failed, but you tried, and you try to do something new. So I'm a huge component of, of doing how many that. Times,
3: how many times have you seen those Because when there are artistic failures.
1: successes for making that reach, I feel like you've done something extremely special. But you were talking about this. How many times have I seen artistic failures in metal? No,
3: no, no. What I'm talking about is this. You were talking about those artistic failures, mm-hmm. right, where everybody goes, oh, that's a failure. But, dude, I've seen it happen so many times where that failure, in quotations, ends up being the foundation of, for something great, for something that's actually built. So you never, because again, when you look at a building, you never see the foundation. You yeah. know, you, you see
1: the building. You see the architecture.
3: Exactly. You yeah. see the architecture. What I'm saying is, is like, especially with hip hop and, and and music in general, like when you go out of your comfort zone and you, and you put it, put that out there, a lot of the times it's so hated because it's so new. But then after a few years, the public has a chance to digest it. And then another artist comes along and builds on that and, and builds the architecture on that. You get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Uh, and I
1: and, I and think they that get that affects, the credit. Yeah. And they get the credit. And I also feel, and I, and I stand by this, and a lot of people disagree with me, that it takes years for people to really digest any kind of art form. Now, we're in a society where putting out records every two or three years is, is kind of the way it's supposed to be. But I always feel like the record bands put out five years ago or 10 years ago, in modern day society, those are the ones that, like. I think that's when the art c- catches up. A lot of times. It's very rare for me that a, a record um, right away sticks with me and I'm like this is a classic. So like when we're doing our best True. of list yes. for the year, it's like oh these are my favorite records of the year but five years from now I might only listen to three of them because right. I'm forced to put together a list of something but I haven't really digested it and let it grow with me. You need that art to grow with you. That's why David Lynch was the greatest filmmaker in, in two thousand and one to me and now I, I can watch three of his movies. You know, it's it's just because you need it to grow with you, you know what I'm saying? But you're right, and just like you said it too, he was the greatest filmmaker in
3: this time frame. A lot of people want yeah. to say ever. No. You got to understand that these changes. things changes. These, yes. things, these things are just, there's a time frame that you have.
1: And with that, oh, we brought the funny today. Oh we shit, sex talk and all that shit. Uh, but uh, that's not my fault. Did what, first off.
2: Boners in the mosh pit. Oh, there's Jaws.
1: Yeah. Do it again.
3: Oh, I miss you.
2: Boners in the mosh pit. You think that
3: pissed off Attila?
2: You <laughs>
1: <laughs> when we rely on clips for oh, funny. Oh, dude, I love it. Uh, Joslyn, we need you. Uh, and, oh, sorry about that. Um, What's this? And then... Um, this is just one you. One more thing I was going to say. Oh, wow. <laughs> just you. Just <laughs> keep that shit. Do you, have, do you still have that clip of that uh, Papa Coach? Uh, Papa Coach. Papa Coach papa coach all right <laughs> all right <laughs> with, our, with our bit parade god damn it, let's yeah. uh I let's, was just <laughs> us jerking ourselves off we'll, we'll like, just hey. move yeah it's so great it's been it's been uh we've been here a while now yeah. when we've you been, been here a while when now. you leave pete and gooch to our own devices
3: and then it's just pretty much like hey pete let's just talk about how awesome we are <sighs> you're brandon you're not gooch. i need jaws we need jaws to show us that we're not that awesome <laughs>
1: This show is sponsored by Rockabilia. During the holiday season, put some merch from Rockabilia on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with the selection and you can get 15% off with the promo code PCJabberjaw. Head over to rockabilia.com today for all your holiday merch and save 15% with the promo code PC. Jabberjaw. All right, guys. So this month, Amana Marth releases their new documentary and supporting live album, The Pursuit of Vikings, 25 years in the eye of the storm via Metal Blade Records. In addition to the retrospective documentary, the live video and audio component contains two different sets at 2017 Summer Breeze Festival in Germany, capturing the unit at their very best. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash aman amarth once again guys pursuit of vikings 25 years in the eye of the storm metalblade.com slash aman amarth and let's jump in guys to my interview where me and johan talk exactly about that right now everybody what is going on it's Petter with metal sucks podcast on the phone i have johan from amon amarth we're here to talk about the pursuit of vikings 25 years in the eye of the storm now johan a live record to me growing up usually ends up being my favorite because it's a greatest hits album with the energy of the performance uh do you see the audio part of this project similar to that
0: uh i actually always thought that live record was was uh, the least interesting things a band could release, my <laughs> personally, with the exception of a few like classic ones like Kiss Alive, I love those uh, and Live After Death, I know mean, But uh, I, I always felt like a lot of live albums were just didn't feel all there, you know. It's like, but I, I feel that like if you can combine it and make it into DVD, then yeah, I mean, it, it really makes
1: sense, and that's what we did. For me, like growing up, like. Judas Priest Unleashed in the East Official Live by Pantera I mean these records were like everything I wanted with the crowd behind it, you know um, but you're right the live record isn't really yeah. as popular as it was I guess during these certain eras it was kind of like a fill in thing bands used to do full tours on live records but I mean I don't think that's a thing now um, yeah 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 but, uh, but
0: it's, it's uh, I think it's become like, a, like a, a, a simple way to get a release out and it feels like it's it's something that done very really casually you don't put much effort into it and then it becomes like a pointless in a way. I, I I do
1: I do agree I do agree with that but like you guys have put a lot of effort into this there's two thousand copies of like a book that you guys are putting out there's the documentary we're going to talk about in a second. It's, it's a full package. It's a great representation. It comes with a retrospective documentary and this will represent your story for generations of fans to come. Did you take that into consideration when making the documentary film? I mean,
2: the
0: reason for doing the whole thing like in the first place was to to give the fans something extra than just a live DVD or just, just a live DVD, something more, uh, especially since the band has been around for 25 years you now, uh, it felt like it was time to try and maybe give the, our fans a bit more of a history of the band and who we are and where we come from. I think it was important for us to be very very honest about everything and who we are and who we, where we come from and, and All that stuff, and I think we, I think it turned out great. And um, as you say, it will be the history of the band, like told from the band's perspective, for years to come. But we didn't. We also didn't want to paint a picture. You know, we wanted it to be honest and 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 genuine. So it's it's not trying to glorify anything. Uh, That's not what we wanted to do. Uh, we just wanted to tell people what's happened in our career as honest as and
1: straightforward as we could. No, that's, that's what we want as fans, guaranteed. Now, you are touring the film and uh, attending screenings of it with fans. Um, any reactions from the audiences that you weren't expecting when watching the film with them?
0: Uh, lots of laughter, actually. <laughs> are I, uh, I, uh, gonna react in the first place I was personally very surprised on how non boring it was to watch <laughs> I, was actually, I was actually interested in watching it uh, myself which is uh, intriguing in a way because there's a bunch of stuff that the other guys are talking about that I kind of forgot about and I, I imagine vice versa so it's it's uh it's really interesting to see uh, like how Like we talk about the same things, but in different ways. So that's kind of funny. But it's—I think as far as crowd reactions go, I I think a lot of laughter and and some emotional moments as well, where people and and people started 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 applauding at the end of the movie and everything. I think that just tells me that people enjoyed it. So. I hope that's true. I, I, I hope they're not applauding you because they're happy it's over.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think that you're correct. I have no doubt that they did definitely enjoy it. Now, memories, though, it's funny that you brought that up. Isn't it crazy how everybody can remember something completely different, although you were there at the same time? Do you ever get into arguments with other guys in the bands to be like, no, this is how it happened, even though you guys are both kind of right?
0: Not not arguments, but you know, obviously we kind of go, yeah, that's how how I remember it, you know, and we talk about it. Uh, But it's it's uh, it's funny that how memories work. Uh, I actually read this that a memory is actually when when you when you remember something uh, that happened, you actually remember the last time you thought of it, not the actual event. So things that, that's how memories can actually be warped over the years. If, if, if you're, if your thoughts on the event are not clear enough, you know, and, and it's often, you know, depending on the situation, we'll try to add stuff to the memory or, uh, justify stuff that maybe weren't so positive, you know. Uh, So, memories can be warped and turn into truth, even if that's not exactly how they happen. So, and also, certain people will experience things differently, depending on what mood they were in, or you know, if they were paying attention to what's happening or not, or, you know, there's so many stuff that, that, that variables that go in, so obviously people are going to remember different things in different ways.
1: The emotion but factor.
0: We've never really had any arguments.
1: No. Yes. Yeah. I, exactly. It's that emotion factor, and that's great. I didn't really think about that, but you're right. If if you think about something once in ten years, and someone's thought about it a thousand times, either their recollection is going to be less true because they've reanalyzed it in their mind. Or more true because they exactly. they stayed in that moment, right? That's that's a very good point. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a funny thing because a lot of memories can be a little delusional for people. Yet it's their truth. But when you revisit it in the documentary and you kind of see these things and other people's viewpoints on it, did you kind of have moments to be like, "No, that's not correct"?
0: Actually, I don't think so. No. Good. I think uh, I think at least all the things. I think most of the things we talk about actually correlate really well. It's just maybe we tell it slightly differently, but I think it's about how we as persons experience it. But I I feel that pretty much everything is the way I remember it, too, in general, I would
1: say. One moment you did share online was uh, about the Europe song, The Final Countdown, playing a crucial role in the formation yep. of the band. Can, can you kind of tell us that story?
0: Well, uh, that was kind of, uh, this, that was before I joined the band, and, and uh, um, when I first uh, got to know Ollie, I, I had, I was in the same class in high school as uh, our mutual friend, Beta, uh, and uh, when we graduated high school, I, uh, we, the three of us decided to go to the Greek island of Kos together for two weeks, or so vacation then. And that's, I had met Ollie before, but that's when I got to know him. So we were hanging out there, getting laid the like, every night, every day, basically. And, um, um, there was this rock bar there that would play, like, a good mixture of metal, really. You know, everything from hair Metal to Slayer, you know. They would play Metallica and Iron Maiden and even, like, Europe, of course, and stuff like that. So, uh, uh, I think one night we were just talking about the band uh, that uh, all the had that was called Scum. And Bezel was the guitar player in that band at the time. And they had pretty much just broke, broken up. And I asked them if they weren't thinking about putting the band back together again. Uh, and they said, Well, we don't have a singer, and we're not really on good terms with the drummer right now, and all these kind of problems. And they said, Well, if you do, you know, I, I could sing. You know, and they said, yeah, whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then we went to that bar, uh, and we were fucking hammered. And. I guess we just started growling along to songs. And that particular song was one of the ones where it really got really loud. I think, and, and uh, I guess that's when all we thought that like, hey, maybe this guy actually can sing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is there another song so, yeah. by Europe that uh, that you think is equally as powerful as the Final Countdown that we might not be aware of?
0: I think that's their, their that's their like super hit isn't it I mean that's that's the one that everybody in Sweden uh, loved anyways and I think that's the one that really put them on the map as a band but I think they have some pretty damn big songs actually if if you're into that kind of stuff Uh, Superstitious is a pretty good song Cherokee Uh, but I think that the absolute um, absolute best year song that most people kind of overlook is uh, 22 Door Hotel or something yeah, it's, it's a, I, think, I think that um, it's, it's a great song. Right? And, and uh, they, they do have some really good songs apart from, from Canada. But that was the one song that I started growing up along to at that bar. So that's that's why that song is kind of... Has has a, a role to play in the
1: formation of Amma. So another thing you guys did, um, you guys did put out like an eight-bit Nintendo mobile app video game, and uh, I thought it was really really awesome. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you get this? Uh, how did this just idea come together?
0: Yeah. Well, the the, the idea came about because well, a, a, a friend of ours, uh, a guy that we work with, he uh, he had some friends who had a like a we're a development uh, company uh, producing games, and so on. they want to do something. They want to do something cool, and we said it would be awesome to do that with a video game. Uh, and then we started talking about what it would be. And since we're all like children of the '80s, right? We have the Commodore 64 and the N- Nintendo games and all that stuff. We said it would be awesome to make an old-school game with music that sounded like back in those days for the game so that's kind of how the ball got rolling and
2: uh, then
0: we started to come up with ideas what it what it could be oh yeah it has to be a platform game and then you know uh, what uh, what the characters should be and what the bosses should be and all that stuff and uh, it was a lot of fun to, to work on it, actually and, and uh, I, I personally think it's turned of fucking amazing uh it's, it's a it's a great game really uh, and it's it's fun to play as well it's frustrating it's because like, it just keep dying but <laughs> it's a lot of fun
1: but that's how it was back in the day like when when you were talking about these uh the commodores and the nintendos is that like you had to beat games without there was no save like there was you had to write down like a password or something right for certain games but you had to yeah. just beat it all the way through yeah true. Like, what what video game did you, yeah. system did you play the most growing up? Um, and do you still play video games?
0: Uh, I, I play video games. I, I, I don't play very much these days because I, I, I literally don't really have a lot of time to do that uh, cause I, I do so many other things, and I live in a in a big house with a big garden. Like, there's so much stuff to take care of because it's an old house, and you gotta you gotta you know, maintain everything, um, and, and also I, I do other things like I train a lot these days. At least like five or six days a week I go training, and so a lot of time goes to that. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to find time, but every once in a while I'll, I'll take an hour here and there and play some some video games. But otherwise, not too much. so much. Back in the day, uh, I actually had the Commodore 64 uh, when I was a kid. So, yeah, I think my absolute favorite game that I played was, uh, the last Ninja, I would say. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, we played all these games, like games, like winter games and summer games, and, uh, like, uh, uh, spy hunter and mission impossible, or impossible mission. That's what it was called, Um, and, uh, there was a bunch of other games that I loved, loved but I can't remember the, the names of them now but those types of game, the games anyways were uh, the ones that I loved School Days was one of my favorites as
1: well yeah <laughs> do you remember a game called Caveman Games by chance it was like an Olympic game but you That's were Caveman and you were like yeah yeah I don't know like I bring that up to my friends all the time and they think I made it up I googled it it existed but um yeah nobody seemed to play that <laughs> game does- Mima it brother sound familiar. Oh, it does sound familiar? Do me and my brother played that for, I mean, yeah. we got in our biggest fights about caveman games as kids. <laughs> so, but uh, it was a blast. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was a blast for sure. Now, yeah, um, go ahead. Yes. I played Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash. Boulder Dash, yes, I remember that one. School days sounds so familiar. Can you remind me what that one was about?
0: Well, basically... You're this kid in school, and you're just pranking everyone. You have your slingshot, and oh. the best, like you, 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 skip classes, and you try to come up with pranks, and like you, you, you need to get your your uh, schoolmates blamed for for uh, the stuff that you do. Today. I don't really to this day. I don't really know what the hell that game was about, but I loved it.
1: <laughs> oh, dude, you kidding me! That game sounds super fun. I don't, I don't think I did play that. So you're like a bad kid at school, and you're getting away with stuff like on a video game, dude. Yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, one thing that recently happened that I didn't want to talk to you about: Stanley just passed away. How much did his work influence yeah. you growing up?
0: Well, actually, uh, as, as a kid, uh, Marvel wasn't really big in Sweden. Um, well, Spider Man was, but, but, uh, like I think DC Comics, like Superman and Batman was like the big, the bigger one, it's at least for, like, in where I grew up. But as I got a little bit older and started, uh, finding, uh, uh, like other comics, uh, like Daredevil, Devil, for instance, I loved the original, like, first Daredevil. I loved those comic books when they came out. Uh, And and uh, so that was I thought those were amazing, um, and uh obviously the X Men uh, series of, like comics also. When I started reading those, I love those as well. So it, that's more something that kind of maybe came about about when I was a teenager, and and I I really enjoy those, and I think even even if Him as a person didn't really mean that much to me as a kid growing up. I must say that I admire a person like him who seemed to have been such a genuinely nice guy uh, with such a creative mind coming up with all these stories and all these characters and superheroes. Um, you know, you got you got to be impressed by that, and uh, you have to admire a person like that. So,
1: absolutely, like it's like Jim Henson. I, I was trying to compare it to like a loss that we had, you know, previously in our lives. And I remember Jim Henson having that same feeling to me. I'm like, what he did though was so. Inventive and creative, and like it, it seems almost like non-selfish in a way. Yeah. Like you know, like you're giving it to everybody. Yeah. And sharing. So exactly. It, it's definitely a, a rare breed and something that will be missed for sure. Now, let me ask you this: Do you think just because of culture, do you think do you feel that the comics will always be second to the films in the legacy going in the future?
0: Could be actually. I mean, the comic books now are almost in the background to the whole Marvel universe of the films and all that stuff. So, but I think there's always going to be that group of people that will love, keep buying the comics and reading them and, and enjoying them. Even though I personally don't read comic books anymore that much. It's, uh, I, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of people who enjoy reading them even when they're getting older as well. So, And why not? And I, I think it's a great art form. And it's... It's uh, an interesting way of telling stories. It's a great way of telling stories.
1: Yeah, I agree, man. And it's it's one of those things that I hope to really survive after generations. Like, that's something, like, I have a kid, he's young, and I try to teach him, like, you know, I just try to teach him. I'm like, hey, we're going to go to the library. You're going to learn how to read books this way. You know, you're going to learn how to play records this way. Yeah. You're going to learn cities. Like, you're going to learn the, the manual way and then adapt to everybody else just so yeah. you can kind of maybe understand. Because in our lifetimes, we actually – We lived through that, so we learned the manual way, and then we learned, you know, the modern way, which is much easier. And that's something that, like, I don't want him to even see a Marvel film until he gets comic books in his hands and he understands what Wolverine looked like according to Stan Lee. If that makes sense, you know, the the history of things, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a a cool approach.
1: And that and that's what I'm so scared of is people losing the history because of. What's flashier, style over substance, in a way?
0: I think maybe in the short run, in the short term, that might happen. Uh, like for, for a generation or two, maybe that's actually what's going to happen. But I think what I think surprises a lot of people is how younger generations all of a sudden find an interest in the older stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the stuff that uh, their parents were into, and you know how things worked back then and stuff so you never know what's going to happen with kids you know they can still surprise you but i think it's good to 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 show them something different from what's around now you know most you you have to realize that a lot of people who are in their 20s now have never lived in a world without the internet you know So it's 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 crazy that way, you
1: know. Yeah, I had somebody. Uh, I talked to someone. They're like, they didn't even know how to do cursive handwriting. And I'm like, do they teach that in school anymore? I'm like, I'm sure they do, right? But I mean, we don't. You I don't, have no idea. You don't use it. I, like don't, I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> so one thing I did want to bring up to you, man, your last record was a concept record, and it told a story and uh, pleased mm-hmm. fans. Critics, I mean, I love that record, and uh, is that influencing the writing on the new record in any way? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see when we get there. Gotcha. Oh, so I did read. Uh, I think a, an article back in March where it said half the songs were maybe done on the new record. Is that is that not the case right now? Um, I, I don't know really have any information about Oh, gotcha. No no worries, man. No worries. Now, let me me ask you, uh, back to the live record uh, that we're talking about right now, guys. Once again, The Pursuit of Vikings, 25 Years in the eye of Storms, guys, that's going to be out now. Make sure you pick it up. It's got so many different formats, but The one thing that I do want to bring up is to capture the energy and connection that you have with the audience on live video is always the hardest part. And that's what, when I've seen you live, you connect with us Mm -hmm. as an audience on stage and it's like the moment gets really, and you feed off of us. But to capture that on video, it seems really hard. Do you think it's possible to capture that connection on video in a visual presentation for people to see? I
0: think I think you can capture it in, in, in like in a sense, yes, I think the energy the, the, the actual energy, the actual like moment is hard to capture because for the viewer you're not going to be you you're not going not, not to be connected in that way because you're a third party watching from outside actually as a viewer, mm-hmm. unless you were actually there at the show. But I, as a viewer, you can see. I think that the connection between the audience and band, you can, you can see that, and I think that's very visible on the live DVDs that we have for this release. You can definitely see that there is a good connection between the audience and band. But you're as a watcher, I think, like uh, someone who watches it, I think it's difficult to experience it the way you do if. Uh, like when you're actually there uh, I don't know if that makes
1: sense but oh it totally does yeah so
0: in a way you can capture it but in, in other ways it's a little bit more difficult
1: I've always seen live DVDs and blues and I love them and I, and I collect them and I watch them but what it does it, it makes me want to see the band live just so much more you know it makes me want to kind of be in that audience <laughs> and that's that's a great thing though you know I think to be like hey next time they're here yeah yeah I think that's awesome you got to you got to be in the crowd and and see what the amps and the face and all that stuff. Now, one thing I love on stage, you do have a great arsenal of, of weaponry with you. Sometimes, you know, for songs, what would be your chosen weapon if you had to go to battle, like in a Viking battle? A Viking battle? Well, let's just say Viking machine battle. Machine No machine guns. No. <laughs> we, none of that. We gotta we gotta have like the arsenals that you, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so they also uh, are the Vikings?
1: Yes, let's go. Well,
0: there, there is uh, there is uh, one weapon that, that the Vikings used that was exceptionally fearsome. The, the downside of it uh, is that there was not much defense when he used it, but it was devastating if he knew how to use it right, and that's a Dane Axe. Uh, because it was very sharp, it would slice through a steamer without a problem and uh, a long shaft uh, so it's, it's, um, it's a weapon that that really really could cause a lot of damage uh, but it's a two handed weapon so no shield <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah you, you lose a bit of protection using it but on the other hand you you have the upper hand against almost anyone else, like with with the answer, uh, when attacking.
1: So you would go with the no shield. I'm gonna damage these people and just go out like that. That that would be your approach. That's impressive. I yeah, why know. not? <laughs> so, I mean, in every battle you survive, you'll be like, man, that was close call. But like, the shield seems so important to me. I, I would. <laughs> I would probably remember the video game golden Axe I would probably want the the little axe and the little shield like uh that's that's the way I always see' cause the the, yeah, guy, I mean, the sword the sword for some reason i don't know man it just it doesn't seem like it's gonna it just seems like it takes too much effort for me. You have to stab someone like eight times
0: well yeah. swords swords if, if you know have to use swords if you don't know have to use swords they're very effective
1: oh,
2: I,
0: yeah uh, and like the, the Viking swords with the Viking sword, you can use a shield because they're short swords as well. Right? So they're actually made to fight with in one hand. But I don't know, man. It's, it's uh... The Dane is such a beautiful weapon and it's devastating. It's
1: crazy. Is that the, is that the weapon on, on the cover of uh, Jones' Viking? Is that the, what he's got?
0: Uh, not really. Oh. I think uh, the artist maybe used it more like a fantasy-inspired axe. The Dane has more like a... It's like a triangular shape and with a curved blade. So it's like a, it's got a long curved blade, oh. and it's, 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 the blade is very thin. So it's it's because you know a wood chopping axe, it's it's like a, it's got a splitting quality. So it's kind of cone shaped, but this is more like a, a, a thin blade. Uh, in the shape of an axe with a long curved edge that will just slice everything it's ridiculous it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a really fearsome weapon if you know how to
1: handle it i actually know exactly what you're talking about now visually that you described it with that triangle and it's extremely long yeah i know what you're saying then that's a uh, man yeah i can you got to get that on stage you got to bring one out and and uh, just do something I don't, know. <laughs> I don't even know what song it would fit but you know what think about that on the new album when you guys work on it be like i'm gonna write a song about this axe and i so i can bring it on stage so um with that <laughs> johan i just want to thank you so much let me tell everybody one more time guys do not miss out on the pursuit of vikings 25 years in the eye of the storm the documentary the live shows the blu-ray the whole package is fantastic it really represents the band um excellently you know so uh, I'm, I'm it's just a great piece of media to have and, and just another piece of your guys's catalog of, of excellent work so and with that man i want to thank you johan so much man for calling into the metal sucks podcast thank you for having me on it's a great honor
2: well it doesn't matter if you have a drink in your hand or not because it's time for you to raise your Podcast.
1: All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, Amon Amarth, Raise Your Horns, live. Second song, Amon Amarth, Twilight of the Thunder Gods, live as well. Both are to be found on the Pursuit of Vikings, 25 years in the eye of the storm, guys. Make sure you pick that up. Third song you heard is from a band called Enferens, and that song is called This Onward Reach. Their record, The Bleakness of Our Constant, is out now, and I'll spell that band for you. It's E-N-E-F-E-R-E-N-S. Definitely want to check this record out, guys. We are, it's on the verge of our top 15 right now, and I'm going to be living with it for a little bit longer, but it's a great record. It came out back in October. Definitely check it out if you have a chance. And with that, guys, uh, want to thank you guys all for your five star reviews on iTunes. We keep seeing them pop up. You guys are the best.
3: I'm I'm thankful for you.
1: Very thankful. I'm thankful for the five stars. We hope everybody had
3: a great holiday in America. An excellent holiday. And And you know what? Not in America. Everybody only in America. That's what I'm just. Thanksgiving's only in America. Is it? Uh, Yes. Really? I
1: know. Okay. No. Are you sure? I'm sure sure some Canadians celebrate it. (laughs) I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Or Canadian Thanksgivings, because that makes sense. But anyways, (laughs) 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 with that, guys, we'll talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.
2: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.